Chapter Seven. Bring me the dragon's heart. Every once in a while, the king has a big banquet. Wants us to entertain him. Cole said. They were sitting in the shade eating. Michael was delighted that the food had turned out to be quite good, considering that they were virtual prisoners. I assume you don't mean he likes to see us juggling, Michael said. If we weren't so valuable, I'd reckon he'd want to see some real bloodshed. Morick said. He shook his long braids to keep the flies from landing on his face. I can imagine the princess would welcome an all-out fight, Michael said. He had not seen her again since the day she moved him to the first tier. Every day had been a routine of exercising and sparring. The others had accepted him quickly when they saw his skills. And his willingness to share with them what he knew. No, you're wrong there. Mora insisted. The princess is not like that. Cole agreed. I'm amazed. Michael said. Every time her name comes up, you defend her. The king is wicked. Mora said. Every one of us would agree to that. Even Palmer, and he's local. But Princess Anna is different. How different can she be? Michael asked. She keeps us here like cattle. Well-fed cattle, Cole said, holding up his bowl of stew. Agreed, said Michael. Well-fed, but she's also holding us against our will to eventually march off to our death, so that her own people are saved. Well, makes no difference to me, Morick said. I came here to fight the dragon, and Ana provides us with companionship, good food, and a place to practice our skills. She wants to see us get better at what we do. When the day comes for one of us to go off, she personally sees us off. I'd say she cares a lot. Princess Ana looks after us. Cole said, "I'd say she's the one who makes sure no one is hurt." When we show off for the king's banquets, if it were up to him, I don't think he'd cry over losing a few of us for his own entertainment. Anna's different, Morick said, almost with reverence. You'll see. She wasn't so different when she made me fight you, Michael said to Cole. Don't you remember that she stopped you the moment you got my sword away from me? Mardak wouldn't have done that. He would have let you continue to bloody me, and said afterwards it was to help me remember next time not to let my guard down. Well, considering how important we are to her, she doesn't show up very often. I've been here three weeks, and I haven't seen her again. You will," said Morick. "She'll come." They went back to their exercises. Later that afternoon, they did have a visit. But it was not from Anna. Weapons down! Palmer called out. Line up behind the bar. All of the men put down the weapons they were using and walked over towards the barracks. What's up, Michael? Asked Coop, one of the men he had been sparring with. When Palmer asks us like that, it means we have a visitor. Where are we going? We all stand behind that bar over there. That bar, Michael asked. I thought that was there to tie horses to. It is, Coop said, but it's also where we stand when we have a special visitor. 
Michael went to stand with the others in the space between a waist-high, long wooden bar and the wall of the barracks. He wondered if Aina was finally paying them a visit. A guard of five soldiers approached. They marched in a semicircle around two men. One was obviously King Wara. He was dressed in thickly woven robes of red and green. His hair and beard showed in, in streaks of gray. He was deep in conversation with another man. When Michael saw him, he felt a jolt of recognition. The last time he had seen him was the day he had been exiled from the dragon compound. Although 15 years had passed, and he was dressed quite royally compared to the work tunics they had all worn in the compound, there was no doubt who he was. Well, he said to himself, I'd wondered what had become of him. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. He took a step and a half back behind Cole, who was a head taller, just in case he was also an easy recognition after all these years. He was not ready for Fleck to know he was there. The king stepped forward and addressed the men. You are my best warriors. I feed you better than I do my own army, better than my own personal guard. And do you know why? I'll tell you the reason why. Because one of you will bring to me something very precious. And do you know what that is? King Wara paused as if waiting for an answer. Morik leaned over to whisper in Michael's ear. We all know the answer, but we're learned not to say anything. He likes to do all the talking himself. No, you don't know, then I will tell you. It's time you learned this. One of you will be the hero who brings back to me the dragon's heart. When you go and fight Scorch, one of you will be so skilled in your arts that you will overcome that hated worm and bring me its heart. It must be, and it will be. King Wara watched their reaction before continuing. Some people believe that the dragon came here by mistake, that it is a curse on our land, that it sucks our people dry. Nonsense, I say. The land has never been more prosperous. We have never been more powerful against our enemies. The people have never celebrated more. There are nightly parties. No, I tell you that the dragon came here by design. Scorch came here because I attracted him, because I wanted him here. And why did I want a beast that would burn up our forest, devastate our fields, and consume our crops? A monster that would demand every month a human sacrifice? Because I want his heart, and I will not rest until I get it. Michael listened to all of this and wondered if the king actually believed what he was saying. What's the heart good for? he called out, careful to remain hidden behind the others. King Wara scanned their faces, trying to detect who had asked that question. Let that be my concern, he said harshly. You bring the heart 
That's your concern. That's why you're here. And today I have come to you to make sure that you are happy and well-fed. And I have an invitation. I am seeking two of you who will be coming and providing some light entertainment for my guest. Have no concern. It is merely for display. King Ana suffers too much when I let you follow your true disposition. You shall eat and drink from my own table after your brief exhibition. Michael noticed that the men around him grew restless when King Wara spoke about the light entertainment. I leave it to Palmer to decide who will come. Any questions? Are you happy? Well fed? The king asked this in a voice that said he neither expected nor desired an answer. Very good, he said curtly. Return to your activities. Wara and his attendant turned and walked away, followed by the king's personal guard. As soon as he was out of earshot, the men began talking amongst themselves. Well, that cinches it. I knew it wasn't far off. Poor fellows whose gets chosen. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind going. I'm not afraid. Ah, uh, you wouldn't get as far as the forest without soiling yourself, says you. That's right, says me. Michael got Morick's attention to find out why there was so much stir. Yeah, I forgot that you haven't seen one of these yet. This is like the selection of Scorch's next meal. You go give the king a show, then you get a good meal, and after that you become a good meal. Wait a minute, Michael said. I'm not following you. One of the men who goes to the king's banquet is chosen to go to Scorch. It's a going-away feast. The king always makes this same speech, so we know what's coming. Cole has gone twice already, but both times he was bested in the duel, and the other was chosen. First it was a fellow named Lefton. Last time it was Bodie. I was sorry to see Bodie go, although others didn't feel the same. He had a rather high opinion of himself. Anyway, by now, Cole is probably our top fighter. Michael had already bested Cole in the pit, but he did not say this out loud. Who was that with the king? he asked. The king's counselor, Morick responded. He's got a black heart, that one. The two of them are a good match for one another. Several others, realizing that Michael had never before heard one of the king's speeches, came over to hear what he might say. Do any of you know why the king wants the dragon's heart so badly? Michael asked the men around him. No one knows. A tall fellow by the name of Oren said, only that it holds great power. Michael wondered if there was any true loyalty for the king among these men. He looked around to make sure that Palmer was not near enough to hear. He knew that what he was about to suggest would not go over well with him. Have any of you ever thought about breaking out of here? All of their side conversations stopped. This had obviously struck a chord. After a moment of silence, Oren asked, What are you thinking? 
It occurs to me that if we break out and fight united, we can defeat the king's guard. They may number more, but they are no match for us. We're far better trained. There were some mumblings from the others, but Michael was not hearing any objections. Yeah, and then we can go get the dragon's heart for ourselves, Coop said suddenly with a fire in his eyes. Michael stared at him severely, and then a smile flickered across his lips. You'll leave, you will leave behind. The others laughed. Look, I want to know. From all of you top-tier warriors, which one of you has had any experience with a dragon before? There was silence among the group, and a lot of shuffling of feet and clearing of throats. <coughs> so I suspected, he said. Hmm. Look, why can't we all attack it as a group and overpower it? Morik asked. Don't you think the king has already thought of that, Cole said? Dragons don't take a, a twit for armies. They eat them up like we might pop a handful of raisins in our mouth. A dragon can fly, my friends, Michael explained, and it will land on top of you. It is covered in scales that are as sturdy as interlocking shields and resist every sword thrust. Its tail has a mind of its own and protects it from behind by sweeping everything, man and horse, out of its way. Its teeth are sharper than a, a farmer's sith and far more numerous than the king's personal guard. And its breath is like a fiery furnace. Add to all that, a dragon is far more clever than all our bright minds together. So you're telling us it can't be defeated? What I want to impress on you is that you will not defeat a dragon by force. Then what will defeat a dragon? Something other than force, he said with a shrug of his shoulders. What makes you know so much about dragons? Cole challenged. Sounds to me like you're just trying to talk us out of what we all come here to do. Michael considered a moment before answering. It was not something he liked telling others. This time, though, it would be worthwhile, as long as word did not get out, which was unlikely since they were prisoners. Have any of you ever heard of Nogardia? There was excited chatter among the men. Then Oren exclaimed, "'Every man who dreams of fighting a dragon has heard of Nargadia!' Then he recited, Nargadia needs no guarding. Backwards or forwards, tis always the same. A singular home for a dragon that's tame. <laughs> Every kid knows that rhyme. Why? You ever been there? I grew up there, Michael said softly. The men stared at him while this sunk in. Wait a minute. Cole said, did you ever know him? The dragon, Michael asked. Uh, sure, him too, I guess. But no, did you ever know him that left? The one they say could make the dragon do handstands? The one they called the dragon boy? 
They say that he left and wandered the land as a knight, carried a shield with the emblem of a dragon on it. A red dragon, rampant on a white field, Michael said, but I never asked him to do a handstand. There would have been no point in that. There was a lot of shouting among the men at this. Not possible! You! I always imagined him taller! Makes sense seeing how well he fights. Wait a minute. Rumor is you never lost a fight. How did they catch you then? It wasn't in a fight, Michael said. I was taken in an ambush. Is it true that the dragon did whatever you wanted? I wouldn't go that far, Michael said. We had an understanding. Star was always very cooperative. That's my point, said Cole. He had not yet. He was not yet impressed. Even if you are that knight, you looked after a tame dragon. Even a verse says it, a singular home for a dragon that's tame. And just like with the handstands, not everything you hear is accurate, Michael said. There was nothing tame about Star, at least not in the way a dog is tame. He chose to live the way he did. Do any of you know what became of the dragon there? Sure, Morick said. They say that one day he just up and left. Tame animals don't suddenly get up and leave, Michael pointed out. Star was there by choice, and when his time was over, he left. Where'd he go? Coop asked. That I wish I knew. Michael said with a shrug. I've never heard of him since. Rumor is that to the south is a kingdom with a luck dragon, Morick said. In truth, I've heard the same, Michael said. That's most likely where your dragon went, Coop said. He's certainly not anywhere around here. Cole was not yet finished pushing home his point. So because you looked after a dragon that was there by choice, you think you know something about a wild dragon? I know about dragon, Michael said. This one also seems to be here by choice. The only difference is that this one is not cooperative. I'll say, Coop said, he likes regular meals. Say, what did your dragon eat? Not nights, Michael said with a chuckle. He had a very different diet. I know where you're going with this, Morick said. Go ahead, Michael urged. You want to be chosen to go next to the dragon. That is what I was thinking, Michael admitted. How do you normally choose? We duel among ourselves until two are left, Cole answered. But I don't see any sense in doing that this time. Why's that? Michael asked. It's pretty obvious. Coop answered. You've managed to disarm every one of us here in our practices, Oren said. We all know how good you are. There's not a man here who can stand up to you. Michael glanced at Cole to see if he would object. Don't expect me to stand in your way, Cole said. If you want to be the next fool to march down Scorch's throat, be my guest. But the king will want his entertainment. Don't two of you fight it out to have the honor of going next? 
It'll be you and me again, Cole said severely. I'll fight to win. The king will see through anything else. I just have one request. What's that? Leave me in one piece.